Hey there. My name is Vosh. I live stream on YouTube and sometimes, accidentally, in spite of myself, something funny or interesting happens. This is Previously Live. Hello? Hello, hello. Hi, can you hear me clearly? I can hear you clearly. Chat, can you hear him clearly? They'll answer in a second. How you doing? I I am doing I'm doing pretty decent. I'm doing okay. I'm doing a okay. Wonderful. Happy to have you here. Hope I can have you on more in the future. I apologize for taking a while to get back to you. I do want to learn more about um, international issues. Um, Belarus has interested me in large part because people told me uh, that shit is fucked. Speaking, mm -hmm. um, yeah, sort of in the non-clementure of the foreign policy advisor. I was interested in talking about this with you because you are a big brain fellow. So thank you for coming on. No problem. No problem. I, I'm happy to come on. And uh, you can tell Kanye that the CIA will see to that uh, follower number quickly. <laughs> uh, 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 there you go, Kanye. Um, now, here's a question for you, okay? Uh, given the severity of the issues that we're about to discuss, do you think it would be inappropriate for me to be playing some sweet-ass Fall Guys on screen? Or do you think it would actually be a welcome accompaniment to the otherwise uh, doomy and gloomy nature of the um, uh, uh, upheaval going on in that part of the world? Well, um, well, considering they're both uh, what's going on in Belarus, there has been torture going on there. I don't know if you also playing footage of torture while playing Fall Guys would be appropriate. Gotcha. I see. I see. So we're getting a video accompaniment as well? Uh, well, I can send you some interesting videos, to say the least. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, yeah, you know what? Uh, with uh, YouTube TOS in mind, you stream on Twitch, right? So you deal with even... Um, yes. Yeah, you yes. deal with even stricter TOS. So I, 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 I trust you. Uh, and you don't stream on Twitch, which means there's a lot of people here with Twitch Primes that they haven't used up for a certain creator. All right, yeah. How about you sell them on that after you've shown us where your uh, where your chops lie? I'm three times the size I was last time we talked. Uh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. So hit me up. Give me give me the initial prompt. Treat me like a like like an idiot school child, and I'll I'll try okay. to chime in when I can. Okay, so I know it might be hard to believe, but there are actually countries outside of the United States. And one of those countries are, is a nation by the name of Belarus, which is between the, uh, an extremely strategically important place between, the, uh, between Russia and uh, the European Union. And it is led by a man by the name of Alexander Lukashenko, who has led the country since 1994, which is also conveniently the last election which had any legitimacy attached to it. Ah. Uh, after I was, After I was that, born then. I wonder if there's any significance to that. You you brought the uh, dictatorship to Belarus single-handedly by your birth. Oh. Yeah. Good job. This is your fault. I feel like kind of an asshole now, but... Yeah, okay. So, yep. right. Sorry. Uh, yeah, well, you should, you should tell that to the people of Belarus. But um, after that, um, he uh, basically did some certain referendums in 1995, which made it so he could kind of um dissolve the parliament quite easily if he believed they were doing something unconstitutional uh, he did stuff against the parliament's wishes and in 1996 he did a huge power grab which after that point it, it's hard to call belarus a democracy mm -hmm. there's been basically um allegations of voters uh of vote stuffing which i actually have video evidence of if you'd like to see it sure. um there's um i'll send it um yeah, i'll send it to you in dms um there's been allegations of of, of 
yeah for the you know just the usual how you like change the vote in the country he he somehow always seems like get around 80 percent of the vote no matter the election Mm -hmm. and it has gotten to uh hilariously dictatorial levels uh the last uh uh, legislative election before this recent uh election that happened was a night uh was in 2019 and not a single opposition candidate won election all Mm. 110 seats went to pro-government uh, uh, legislators, which just shows how much uh, people love Alexander Lukashenko. Ah, interesting. Yeah, the you know the classic one hundred one percent of the vote tactic. Yeah, yeah. Except he, he always seems to get exactly eighty percent of the vote or around that number. It's quite uh, bizarre. But um, yeah, he in in twenty nineteen there was there was parliamentary elections and not a single opposition candidate won. And there's only been one term since two thousand four where opposition candidates even held a seat. Uh, had a MP in the House. Mm-hmm. So you can see how this is hilariously, just very obviously, um, a dictatorship. I- I'll send you the evidence. This is actually from 2019. This is a video that's been shared around a lot that shows uh, vote stuffing mm-hmm. uh, that happened during the 2019 election. Now, this person questions, they're speaking in Russian, so you can't really like understand what they're saying but basically he goes to this woman who holds a ton of ballots and he's like what are you doing with that what are you doing with that she doesn't answer she turns away and walks away after stepping out of a voting booth and says no um, and walks away yeah yeah when somebody questions whether you're committing like a horrific crime against democracy you just turn around and walk away as we all do right just just pretend it isn't happening um and this person who questioned it uh, the head of the CEC, which is the Central Election Commission of Belarus, actually called for this observer to have their accreditation removed, which short, who, by the way, was banned from Europe in 2006 due to helping, uh, uh, conveniently was banned from Europe in 2006 because they uh, were said to have participated in election fraud. Um, uh, this person then had their accreditation removed shortly after for, you know, being truthful about what was happening in Belarus. Right. Now, I, I understand, of course, that um, proving allegations of vote stuffing and of, of, of election fraud. Um, it, it, this is actually quite a complicated thing. So when, yes. you, when you say that um, he's a cheater, I assume this is, this is well corroborated and generally agreed upon. This isn't like some shaky uh, uh, you know, um, report this... by some American advisor who has like a geopolitical interest contrary to that of uh, Borisenko. No, this is a fairly no. well-known. This is something you could you could basically find. The only people I know who could possibly say it wasn't. Um, for instance, um, do you know who Ben Norton is by chance? Uh, did I say Borisenko? What's the actual name of the uh, of uh, the the president? Uh, you mean Alexander Lukashenko? Lukashenko. Wait, did you say Borisenko? Yeah, I said Borisenko. Lukashenko. Borisenko. That's yeah. the the there Boris Lukashenko coalition is going to be strong. Yeah, so why I- not? Right. Uh, maybe he had a really, uh, maybe he had a really fun rally uh, one time. You know? Oh well, yeah. Lukashenko is also uh, famously homophobic, and I recently said that 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 NATO would put black-skinned troops inside of Belarus. So you know, him and Boris have a lot in common, actually. Okay, yeah, you're you're selling it pretty, yeah, you're selling it pretty hard. Um, okay, so this is uh, this is a a a um, very well agreed upon yes. corrupt dictator. Uh, uh, the allegations of vote rigging are well substantiated and yeah. uh is this now <clears throat> i have to ask you because i get into arguments with lefties from time to time and um when i do i often find myself arguing with somebody who claims to stand for human rights but argues that um the 
multilateral support of the population in favor of a single party to the absolute exclusion of all other political ideologies is totally okay as long as you're opposing American interests. I know, of course, that Belarus is generally aligned with Russia. Russia, not so much with the United States of America. It's complicated. I assume. Is this a country that tankies would defend, generally? Um... It depends, because Lukashenko is very big about preserving the Soviet legacy, mm -hmm. uh, extremely large on this. If you look at the iconography, uh, in the 2015, uh, tw uh, no, the 1995 referendum I was talking about earlier, uh, there was also ballot, which the legislature said they couldn't do, but he did it anyway. Mm -hmm. um, basically, he put something on it saying, like, do you want to change the, f uh, the flag of Belarus to this? And another thing was changing the coat of arms, and it changed it from the a person on a horse, this very uh, uh, a, on the back of a horse, like this old Belarusian coat of arms, to uh, this basically red star outline of very, very Soviet iconography. There's still st Soviet statues everywhere. There, he um, he very much kind of avoided the shock therapy that many post-Soviet states I, went I through. See. So they they maintained all of the USSR aesthetics moving into uh, yeah. an autocratic capitalist government, and and he specifically chose a very um dumb dumb uh flag re replacement which everybody really doesn't kind of like i like the old belarusian flag the white red and white i think it looks cool mm -hmm. i think the new belarus flag is really not nearly as cool as is the that old the one, one with the persian rug on the left side basically yes it's it, i forget the exact call of it but it's some stitching thing they do in belarus i forget exactly what it is i, mean, I think i mean i think it looks pretty it looks like a bitch to draw no quickly the thing on the left has literally no like symbolic representation. It's just a cultural thing. Oh, okay, so they it's just like a pretty the design. the bottom the bottom green represents prosperity. The top red thing represents like I think liberty. <laughs> ah, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, they should have put the little cash s in there. You know what I'm talking about? Did you doodle those oh. in? Oh God, you're oh, probably too yeah. young for that, aren't you? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not in my late seventies, like you don't know. Uh, you're you're 19 right yes i am 19 years of age okay well the, i remember doing age, that in middle school and uh -huh. you're seven years younger than me so in middle school i would have been between nine and 12 so you would yeah. have been yeah you would have been yeah i don't know maybe if you know Bobby. you know okay yeah middle schoolers still do that yeah okay. you're a boomer i understand okay moving on um belarus uh, not a democracy, adopt Soviet aesthetics to ease the transition yep. from the uh, Soviet bloc uh, to a more modern autocratic society. Modern maybe being sort of a, a stretch. Um, where, are, uh, where are we finding ourselves now? Um, so what we're finding ourselves now is that there's always been like some amount of protests, like student protests and stuff during these there's actually an amazing documentary that's now free on YouTube. It was recently made free on YouTube that talks about the crackdown after the 2010 uh, election uh, and, and the fraud that took place and the brutal beating of protesters. And um, Lukashenko's um, is a very strong man character. Um, and let, let me tell you like how um, bro man dictator he is. He'll literally go to other world leaders and reporters and just brag about being a dictator. Mm -hmm. I forget the quote, but he's like, hey, how's it feel? You're standing with the last dictator of Europe, something along those lines. Classic. Right? Like he like it's very like just being very evident about who he is. He knows what he is, but he but of course then when it comes to no, it's all a joke, guys. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Um he I oh and um let me tell you about some things that I think have compounded the situation because 
it's it's if it was just another version of election fraud, then it's why did this one stand out? Is because recently he's been not doing great because he's been managing the economy badly and he has been the worst possible person on COVID. He's worse than Trump on COVID, and I mean that a hundred percent. Wow, um, authoritarians who um uh who who act as strongmen for their countries don't do a good job uh, addressing a, a pandemic, really. Well, basically, can I read you the direct quote of what he said in a hockey rink while he was playing hockey during the pandemic? Please. Um, let's see if I can find it. Okay. So basically, Belarus is the one country in Europe basically has no restrictions now. Zero. Um, and this is the response he gave when a reporter asked him about it. There are no viruses here. Have you noticed any viruses in the air? He then goes on to suggest hockey could protect him from COVID due to how cold it was. He also said at a different occasion that saunas, vodka, and hard work are also cures. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it, it sounds like an amalgamation of every bad take I've ever heard from like a, a boomer, you know? Um, yeah. I've, I've talked about this before, but um, one of the reasons I think why COVID-19 has proved such a difficult project for strongmen around the world is because um, dealing with a pandemic involves sort of recognizing the um, the overwhelming power of nature and uh, taking conciliatory measures to scale back your strength and your control over society in an effort to wear it out. Uh, and that's completely antithetical to the interests of a strongman, you know. Uh, to, to them, they, they can never take like a break. They can never say, we need to... We need to be calm. We need to be patient. They, they can never say these things. They have to keep their population in a constant fervor of projected masculinity. So I imagine, at least from what you just said, that seems to be the case with this guy as well. He plays a lot of hockey. He um, recently, during the protests, one of his responses to it was carrying an AK-47 with him um in his hand it's purposefully so reporters would see it as kind of like a and i read it as a threat personally i don't think he's just uh carrying it for fun um and i think it's a threat directly at a certain you know protest it's like hey <laughs> we've taken measures against COVID. i've doubled my security <laughs> um we shoot at the air we shoot at the COVID. but um he he also like went in like a helicopter and like went over the city like i don't see no protesters down there guess they're scared and he's just in the part of the city where there isn't you know protesters he's 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 very like macho man kind of dictator he's yeah, always kind of been like that that sounds like a take like straight out of like a conservative youtube today you know what i mean you can yeah. see that like from tim pool or something like that you know what i mean it, it i would say that he definitely is i feel like if if he was a youtuber he'd be ranting about soy at the moment oh oh god yeah absolutely uh, oh, we're going to be hearing about soy for decades. It's actually a wonder that none of these dipshits have, like, banned soy from their countries yet. It's some sort of performative well, gesture against the feminization of men. Actually, that's an interesting story when it comes to dairy products and Belarus. Oh, no. And this actually gets into uh, some uh, geopolitics about Belarus and why this is so a complicated issue and why you're not going to, why from maybe from Mike Pompeo and others, you might actually not see a lot of direct support for protesters or any sanctions placed on Lukashenko himself. Um, okay, interesting. Continue. Linko, Lukashenko might be dumb when it comes to biology, um, math, uh, basically everything, but he's really smart when it comes to one thing, and that's geopolitics. In fact, I'd say he has maneuvered himself into being a modern, 
less well i wouldn't even it's kind of almost insulting to tito to say this but he's maneuvered himself into a tito-like position between the west and russia while the belarusian economy is extremely reliant on russian imports and exports they get 50 around 50 percent of their imports from russia and they export 50 percent of the products to russia uh they also want to make sure not to be too reliant on russia lukashenko is extremely concentrated on keeping his own power and the, they do not want to become another odessa another crimea they don't want to be slowly annexed by um uh putin and 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 russia there was even a time uh there was talks at one point about this union that would kind of be like a, a, where they would have a similar currency and all these things and lukashenko even once in his own head thought maybe he could be the head of the union meaning he could actually control russia because this is how much like ambitious this guy was geopolitically mm-hmm. eventually you saw that was an unattainable goal is now trying to position his way to distance himself to a certain extent from putin to not be too under his control and so what he does is he plays the two powers against each other and what example would be in what we call the milk war are you familiar with the milk war no i'm absolutely not familiar with the milk war and even if i was i'd want you to explain it anyway okay so the milk war was a um was not an actual war. It was a trade war. Uh, happened because uh, I think it was, yeah, it was 2009. Uh, basically, Be- Russia wanted Belarus to recognize its uh, uh, it, its uh, its holdings in uh, Georgia of of uh, southern Ossetia. Uh, I never pronounce it correctly. Ossetia, mm-hmm. I believe it is, and and it's basically occupation of the area, and they wanted. Belarus to recognize it as its own little like little proxy state. It, it's a conflict they don't know a lot about. Mm-hmm. But anyway, let's just say that Belarus did not fall in line with Russia's demands. And so Belarus is highly has a lot of milk and it likes to export it to Russia. So what Russia did in response to make them cave is said, okay, we're going to block your imports. And so what Lukashenko did is he just went to the Europeans and started exporting milk to Europe. And so, of course, Russia, seeing this, getting concerned about them getting too close to the Europeans, relented, got rid of the sanctions, and then soon after, Lukashenko continued exporting milk to Russia. And he kind of does this back and forth between the Europeans and the Russians constantly to maneuver them off each other so he never gets too close to the other. The Europeans will sometimes get active about human rights or elections or something of that sort, mm-hmm. and he'll um, go closer to the Russians and make sure that they are there to protect and say, yo, this is a totally legitimate election, like what is happening right now. But when Russia tries to make them kind of, hey, maybe we should take another look at that economic union and single currency and all those things we talked about before, then he might move towards the other direction and kind of bounce off the Europeans. Recently, there's been a lot of problems when it comes to this concept where uh, the Russians no longer want to subsidize Belarus with oil, which uh, they're very, um, their economy is extremely reliant on the gas sector. And like, I forget the exact terms for it, but basically they, they, they are very, the gas sector is extremely important to Belarus. And there's been some problems with it, but that's the strategy he's used to kind of stay in power geopolitically so long. And I will say it's definitely a brilliant strategy. Do you think that the EU has mishandled their um, their engagement with Belarus and with Lukashenko? I would say that... Um... I feel like this is such a common story with the, the you know, the weakling, democracy-addled Westerners getting outfoxed by open I'm... autocrats i don't know how much of that is a narrative and how much of that is um is is, is genuinely a, a thing to be concerned over but it sounds to me like the eu should have never been in a position to believe they could uh deal with him in good faith you know well the thing is the european union um kind of 
wants doesn't want Belarus to get close. Secretary Pompeo has actually made proposals now because Russia's dealings with uh, natural gases have not been going well recently to the point where Belarus, where Lukashenko actually threatened to just steal Russia's oil. That because they actually have gas pipelines that go through Belarus to the rest of Europe. Now that's not as big of a threat because Russia has made a separate gas pipeline that goes through the ocean into Germany, so he can find another way to the international markets. Um, but uh, Secretary Pompeo has also said that you don't need to be relying on a single energy pr- uh, producer, Lukashenko. There's other ones like us. We're energy sufficient now. We're an ex-exporter. We'd love to maybe help you out there. And this thing is, if they push, if the European Union was just completely cut off Lukashenko, then what we do, then what they, they see is they would push Lukashenko into the arms of Russia and then make him extremely tied only further and then kind of lose any hope of possibly making progress in that area. And then Russia's in the position where if he pushed them too hard, then maybe Lukashenko could go maybe just make a 180 and go to the Europeans. This reminds so, me of Tito. Um, this, that's what I told you about. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, no, it's no, it Tito. really does. Yeah, this, the, I, I, like he's taking the Tito pill, except yeah. without even the veneer of market socialism to maybe yeah, serve as a lesson for vodka, future. Vodka and saunas, exactly. Right. Um, the, uh, I don't, I, I, it would be incredibly presumptuous of me to just hear what you're telling me now and think like, oh, well, in that position, I would have simply, <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'd have to learn more before I think I could make any sort of prescriptive statements. Um, I, I, recently the dialogue has kind of changed a little bit recently before this event happened. There's been a lot of talks about Belarus possibly falling out more and more with Russia to the point where, again, natural gas is of extreme importance to the Belarusian economy. Uh, they have huge, like, like plants, which process this material, which is then used to help with the economy and Russia's, um, the uh, subsidizing of this oil at uh, below market prices was extremely important to kind of help Belarus avoid the sh- economic shock therapy that nations like Moldova and Romania had to go through. Mm-hmm. So uh, Hungary and the rest of them. So I, I think with that ending due to um, increased sanctions on Russia and other economic pressure that Russia has been going under, um, there, there's there been a rift definitely with him threatening to steal their oil at one point. And, hit, and of course, rejections of certain military bases. But there are still, there's again, the ties there are still extensive, but there's been talk that maybe the shift would continue slowly in Europe's favor. And what you've seen from a lot of European leaders is they basically said, you know what, let's drop, let's drop all this, like, let's just play some real politique for a second. And they've basically been trying to engage with him more and more, trying to pull him in that direction. But ever since these protests started, it, it, it's, it's kind of hard to see where they're going to go with this because they refuse have refused to place uh, sanctions directly on Lukashenko, suggesting that they still have that end goal in mind, that kind of real politique, like, well, let's play the long game. But they've also placed over 30 sanctions on government officials, travel restrictions, and have vocally supported the protest movement. So I think they're kind of hedging their bets here. It's, it's hard to say what exact path they're going to take. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so it is a... Um... So it is, it is a, a country of, of substantial geopolitical importance in its own region that has adversarial relationships with both Russia and EU, but both Russia and the EU have reasons to want to deal with them. And Lukashenko has been fairly effectively navigating this, uh, this, this spider's web of geopolitical interests in such a way as to maintain his power 
Um, yes. And and not overly defer to one side because to do so would end up upsetting that balance and probably yes. end up yeah losing the benefits yeah. of being. Or he's he's done side. it for he's done this for twenty six years. Even if I would say he still has stronger times to Russia at the end of the day. Gotcha. Okay. Um, what the fuck is going on right now? Okay, so this this recently was the twenty twenty election. Uh, Alexander Lukashenko, um, of course, as always, glorious in his uh, fashion of victory, won with 80% of the vote during a COVID crisis where he said that just drink vodka, la mau, I don't see no virus in the air. Also, our economy is falling away to the part where, well, it's been kind of going down since 2012. Also, I'm threatening to steal Russia's oil. Also, we're tapping into our natural gas reserves. Um, yeah, but vote for Bill, 80% of the vote. What a surprise. Yeah, and busy year, crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. It did great. It'd be like if um, Trump went through all of this. Could you imagine Trump going through everything he has and rocking away with 80% of the vote? Could you imagine? Like, like actually, like it's it's comical. 80% of the vote, though. Not not like he barely went and he wins it and he got 80%. Like, the, I'm talking the popular vote right now. 80% I, have, of the I, vote. Have, I have never had lo- less faith in the American electorate. Please ask me again after November and I will, gi- I will give you my answer then. I'm deferring it. But but you can see how I can see. Uh, well, yes. yeah, obviously. I mean, I yeah, I can I can understand how given all of that. It's entirely possible, by the way. I feel like sometimes the the most um, the most passionate advocates for human liberty are people who have not yet tasted it. There are people here in America who are willing to sell their freedom to the government if they know that black folk will get fucked over twice as hard for it. But there are a lot of people. I mean, you got students, all everyone out there in Hong Kong fighting against what they know is going to happen to them. People in China, people. in autocratic regimes all over the world who i think have sometimes maybe not for the whole population but sometimes a much greater appreciation for how bad things can get and i think under those circumstances yeah they'd have a reason to be angry yeah Uh, i would say from looking at my my thing is with when it comes to protest movements is there's a lot of kind of it seems to when it comes to political spectrum that everybody's a hypocrite when it comes to like supporting protest movements i'm a conservative i've loved the hong kong protesters Oh, but these these American BLM rioters, oh, they're ridiculous, right? Or or you'll have somebody who's like, well, yeah, I support the BLM protest. They're the best, but those Hong Kong CIA shills need to like get down and you know kiss the boot. Yeah, the and real totally enlightened f- the real enlightened position is not liking uh uh the Hong Kong protests because they're CIA and also not liking BLM because it's CIA. That's the real the uh, uh, above it all take. Yeah, my, my 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 position has always been uh, to I think I, I do believe in internationalism when it comes to this extent. I believe we should support the protests in Chile, this protest in Iraq, the protests in Haiti, there's the protests in Sudan when it came to the uh, the, the blue movement in Sudan. Uh, of course, the protests in Hong Kong, the protests in America, we should support the protests in Belarus as I don't think an imaginary line on a map dictates someone's humanity and we need to support them across the board. But it seems that when it comes to these conflicts, uh, when it comes to protests around the world like these Belarusian protests, it really uh, still you'll always find someone who will shill for the authoritarian regime. In this case, I would say it was Ben Norton from the from the gray zone who was probably the biggest shill for Lukashenko, who right when the protest started, he just called it another color revolution by the United States. Nice. Uh, is there any evidence to support the idea that it is just another color revolution by the United States? I would say it would be difficult 
to prove it. I have seen no evidence up to this point that there's been any CIA ops or anything like that. I would say the West are more supportive of the protest movement, but that's like the closest you could get to evidence of it. I would say that, and even if there was uh, uh, support for it, like the United States certainly supported the Hong Kong protesters, does that not make their the demands of said protesters valid anyway, even mm-hmm. if there was? Do you do you think the term color color revolution is ever used in good faith anymore? I understand no. the historic yeah, yeah okay yeah front me there. I understand the historic okay the of course America still engages in regime change of course. I mean we literally just tried and failed to do it um in Venezuela. Um uh, and, don't get me started on that operation. That's right 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 yeah. Right, well it's a, it was a fucking comedy shit show, you know. Yeah. You know Guaido at the club at 4 p.m. on his phone like you guys said you'd show up. Um but uh, um, I, I feel like when people say color revolution, it's almost like a, like a, like a dog whistle. Like they're indicating to me that they're just uniformly against any revolution that takes place within a country that isn't allied with the United States. You know. Um, I mean, it, when, when we usually I just had when bad experiences. When I hear color revolution, it's usually that any time that it's a revolution that's against one of America's geopolitical foes, then it's a mm-hmm. color revolution. America's doing it uh america's behind everything and these people are actually just america-backed orbals and the real people of x country would never and stand beside them but the thing with lukashenko is even like all the usual people the thing about lukashenko that's really hilarious is the usual people that would come up and say that have mostly just been quiet and haven't been saying much even Mm -hmm. they know it's 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 comical for even them to say it when ben norton said that it it was it it was met with reactions of just just hilarious just like chortles across the land you know like it, it, it's 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 even the most mlml would have to just take a step back and be like it's well stupid yeah, contrarianism really it's, yeah it's... it is so when it comes to the actual protest movement um uh the protest movement has of course after the uh, election uh it was rejected by the opposition uh that this that this election was free fair and that this is the actual results of it and so what ended up happening is they started protesting on the streets. They started, you know, getting people out there. But the response they have received has been um, particularly brutal. Uh, many, of course, have been detained. Some have been killed. Tanks have been p- placed outside during protests to guard governmental buildings. Uh, there have been tons of beatings. So, um, there have been alleged torture, and I have heard certain audio, which is extremely horrific. And I can basically tell you that I'm 100% certain that the Lukashenko regime has engaged in, to- in torture basically throughout its entire existence. Um, there have been factory walkouts. Uh, leadership has been detained. Um, of course, Lukashenko has shown strongman attitudes with carrying the gun around and... Uh, flying over Independence Square in his helicopter, tear gas has been deployed. But I, I'd love to um, show you a particular example of a walkout that happened. Mm-hmm. So look, well, uh, see if I can find. I, I have some of the ending audio. I don't have the beginning audio on it because I want. So Lukashenko, there, there's walkouts at factories happening across the land, and at one particular factory, there was a walkout, and some people stayed to work. So what Lukashenko thought is, well, right now I have, I don't have a lot of good press. Okay, what am I gonna do? I got it. Since those people didn't walk out, they probably support me. And so he goes there in his helicopter and makes a speech in front of the factory workers still there who start chanting, leave. 
in front of all the cameras and you can see him get like slowly more and more angry because this is somebody who's not used to this type of pressure right in front of him again he's the person who detains you in the middle of the night throws you away tortures you and you disappear forever well strong men are very easily flustered you know the yeah the facade breaks quickly uh that's a pretty brave woman uh is she still alive oh no the whole crowd started chanting that uh oh so she didn't start the lead okay okay gotcha gotcha um are are can, they can, how can, are they doing yeah is there a video of that yeah i can send you the video i, I want to find the close-up video because you can see his face get super snarled um one second let me see if i can find it no worries um uh here it is here it is yeah, that's pretty quick Okay, let me DM it to you. There it is. See? Hold on. Завтрашнего For checking out our nice. we didn't get uh we didn't get him curling his face in disgust but we did get uh uh uh, uh some pretty cool protest footage yeah uh so there was an earlier point where he was like which it didn't show here but this is the point i really like where uh you, of course you all support the president and they're just like no <laughs> they just can't know which uh was a moment where he kind of just like looked around and, and like surprised because he thought since the workers stayed in the factory that they supported them but they stayed in the factory because it's a worldwide pandemic and they want to keep their jobs and they also most likely don't want to be thrown away uh and and detained and tortured uh well i'm glad uh that the um group of factory workers weren't carpet bombed after uh i'm glad that he just sort of resigned himself to walking away shamefully um now, uh, how, what percentage of the population would you say still stands by him? Uh, is there like a large uh, MAGA uh, crowd uh, there that they, is... There are people who support him, but I have yet to meet any person that's part of like the Belarusian diaspora that like says they're a Lukashenko fan. Most of them fucking despise him. Well, the diaspora um, would probably be biased yeah, against him, right? Of course, of course. But I would say maybe like I, again, I'm just taking a wild swing here. Twenty five, maybe, maybe. Gotcha. Okay, okay. Um, I mean, that's still a fair number 30 of people. At most, maybe. Is he? When it comes to dealing with these protests, do you feel he's attempting to weaponize his supporters against them, or is it more of a just straight autocratic crackdown? With, with military force. So at first, they basically beat the fuck out of everybody who 
does it who dared to step out of their home and join the protest they detained tons of people this is the period of time where people started you know to die um and what they've done this is a particular tactic which you might be familiar with uh where they'd have civilian people uh people in civilian clothing kind of jump out of a van and grab opposition leaders and just throw them in this actually happened uh, like 10 hours ago mm-hmm. another opposition leader was just taken off the street and when asked when police were asked they said they have no clue where she is mm-hmm. but she was taken off very obviously in a black bagging operation gotcha yeah that's a that's a classic tactic right there yes uh it has happened a lot but what's also interesting i think i do have footage of this is protesters at this point um maybe they're just getting more and more bold but they've started fighting back where people will be getting arrested and a whole swarm of people will just rush the cops and just like throw them off the people and kind of like get them from not being arrested and this has happened even a few times during black bagging it's extremely difficult to stop a black bagging because it's so quick Mm -hmm. but people are so like used to it now that they'll see it almost immediately when it starts and sometimes they'll jump and get involved beat up the cops and um basically stop them from black bagging someone i can send you some footage of the protesters rushing police officers yeah i think i remember seeing that uh i think on 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 twitter perhaps but if you could show that for me yes i'd love to show that to yes i i sent it to you Yes, the swarm tactics. Um, uh, how are the protests doing now at this point? Are they are they still holding strong? They have not slowed down whatsoever, but I will say there have been things that concern me. Mm-hmm. There was um, also, if you're interested in seeing that clip, clip about him in a ice hockey uniform talking about how the ice hockey will save him from coronavirus, there it is. Gotcha. Uh, but um, there, it hasn't slowed down whatsoever. It's, it's continuing to go. If anything... If you don't ask me personally, from the size of the protest, it personally looks like, if anything, they're growing in number with more walkouts. As they, I guess, like as more time goes by, they're just kind of looking around, like, well, most people haven't been detained, um, but there's still, of course, people who are still disappeared, still being tortured, and a lot of times, what they're doing is they're taking people, black bagging them, and throwing them across the border when it comes to leadership specifically, because they see them as people who are like creating disturbances. But the protest movement is still carrying on extremely strong. But there was recently an announcement after Lukashenko's birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, what a great present, by the way, all this. Um, where Putin basically said that he has security versus in reserves, if need be. Mm-hmm. Not suggest. I think we both kind of know what the suggestion well, yeah, there yes, is. Yes, yes. I think so. Uh, so you think that eventually he's going to, um, he's going he's gonna to say fuck it and just, just do a cleanse? I don't know. Um, when it comes to like sending in security forces, I think Lukashenko does not want to lose power. But this is where his strategy could be kind of disastrous when it comes to him playing people off each other, because Putin doesn't have the best relationship with him. If if this guy was just months ago threatening to take his oil and playing the them off against each other, it's kind of hard to go to someone and be like, "Hey, do you want to save me now? I know I just threatened to do all that stuff and this kind of grand." politique strategy but don't you want to do it uh thankfully for him it seems that putin is obliging because he he knows that these protesters aren't exactly um probably would not 
bring in somebody who was exactly uh, adherent to Russian interests exactly in the way you'd want. But I think Putin would be pretty happy just replacing the guy. Um, it's it's most from everything I've seen, it's mostly just anti Lukashenko protests, not like anti Russian or anti European. Yeah, or anti what's the what's the goal? Um, what's the goal of this long term? Uh, so, like, for example, you know, we have our protests here in America. BLM, you get from people saying full-on abolish the police to people who just want to implement policies which decrease police brutality. Great, fine, we can sort out that range. But if these are just anti-Lukashenko protests, I feel like there's not much of a, a framework to ensure that what happens next is better than what is presently This there. This is the problem, is that the opposition has always been how you say weak um in a way i mean they have specifically like lukashenko has worked hard to make sure that is the case and it also means that they have i mean you gotta think they don't have a single person in in the house uh, as an mp currently they don't have anybody uh, the parliamentary elections was a sweep for pro-government hold on just one second just one second yeah, i need to retrieve probably. something i have control now everybody There we go. Hyena wanted a, 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 a phone charger I had right behind me. No problem, no problem. Okay, all right, I'm back. Thank you. Sorry. Uh, the only people waiting are the entire population of Belarus, you know. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, do you think that... Um, so you're concerned, essentially, that even if the goals of the protesters are met and Lukashenko is deposed, uh, that we're going to get either... Um, a Putin puppet or somebody who's just a slightly more popular strongman? It's hard to say. I mean, they could restore the 1994 constitution. That's something that's been called for. That's before the 1995 referendum and the 1996 referendum, which hardly uh, concentrated power within the hands of uh, Lukashenko. Um, and that was actually the last election, which I would call a legitimate election in uh, Belarus. Mm -hmm. So I would say that could be something that they could aim for. And it's something that a few of their leaders have called for. Um, I would say they are united in their disdain for uh, Lukashenko and do want him gone. Um, whether it comes to how he would be removed, um, I guess just constant pressure forcing him into a position where he basically has to stop step down is one option. But another option is the idea that Vladimir Putin puts pressure on him after enough time to say, okay, this isn't working. You step down where we'll place you. But Lukashenko is also uh, has extremely loyal police force and extremely loyal uh, uh, services. Um, uh, uh, so it's, it's hard to say, but I, I really, there hasn't been yet a like clear united, like, okay, you step down, then this happens, then this happens, then this happens. Uh, it's because it's still only been four weeks. So even though that seems like a while, it really isn't when you consider that their leadership, he's also been arresting and detaining. So it's kind of hard to make a plan when you're being tortured. Yeah, I would say so. Um, so you're not optimistic then? Um, I would say that this is the biggest breath of democracy uh, Belarus has have felt since, well, 1996 um, or 1994. Gotcha. Um, so it is it is hopeful, and there is support for it. But I also think that the European Union 
is playing this kind of long game to an extent where they know that there's a chance, a pretty sizable chance, that the protest movement does not succeed and then they'll still be dealing with Lukashenko. And the fact that Vladimir Putin's backing up up here, they want to have somewhat decent relationship where they could work with him after and not push him into the arms of Putin. So I think the geopolitics is getting in the way of this. The the thing that could assuade my concern there Mm -hmm. is if tomorrow they announced we are placing sanctions upon Lukashenko himself. If that was to happen, then I feel like they'd be going all in. They are going further than I thought they would, which has been nice. I just hope that they continue to. But I will also say that the Belarusian people have seemed to, after years of 26 years of terror, seem to be standing up and they've standed up, stood up for four weeks, which is something that is, you know, extremely beautiful and something I didn't really expect. So, you know, yeah. you know, don't. No, oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, no, I'm not saying we should just be doomers. Who's like, hey, wow, something yeah, cool. Yeah, happens. I'm saying, I'm saying that this is the best chance they've ever had. I'll certainly say that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. I know. I recognize that. Yeah. Revolutions or attempts at revolutions are um very uh, rarely following um a decent, well maintained set of rails. So hopefully it goes in a decent direction. I have to admit, from what um from what you said, I'm a little concerned about the future of that country. Do you think there is a chance of those sanctions being placed? Do you think that um, eventually they might turn the tide in that respect? Um, they might, but I would, it would take some pretty bold action. I think there is a, there's a possibility if Lukashenko, I think the best odds of that happening is if Lukashenko overplays his hand. He says, okay, this has gone on long enough. I'm sending in troops and then a ton of protesters die then I could see then something happening. Uh, or possibly if they go on to for a certain amount of time and make enough progress or grow to enough size that the European Union is like, okay, I think the tide has turned in their favor. Mm-hmm. I think uh, to get good relations with this government and try to once 180 uh, European uh, Belarus's ties to the West, we should back the protest movement. I think those were probably two likely scenarios that would prompt them to go all in. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Um, damn. I wish I had some insightful commentary on any of this, but honestly, now I'm just kind of worried for the protesters there. Um, especially with regards to that comment on the security forces, you know, strong, even if sanctions were placed, even if anything ended up, even if everything ended up going as good as it possibly could, um, you know, strongmen aren't typically, uh, uh, you know, that keen on just peacefully abdicating. Uh, they tend to take a part of the country out with them. So hopefully things don't come to that. Do you see a possible uh, uh, Belarus admission into the United, or sorry, not the United, <laughs> the European Union sometime in the next 30 or 40 the years? The 51st state of the United States. Hey, look, hey, it's not the... Hey, be based. Maybe. Hey. Um, it's nothing Just make it a that. giant NATO base. Um, I'm, I'm thinking we should just make um, uh, England the 51st state. Honestly, mm. I think we should go just go right around, right around back. You know why not? Mm. They're fucking up their own country as hard as we're fucking up ours. Uh, we're clearly bedfellows. Maybe Scotland if they ever got independence. That's the only one I'd want. I don't know? think Scotland would want to be associated with us. Isn't Scotland based? Every time I hear people talk about Scotland, um, it's in the context of them but hating it, the reactionary. Wait, 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 wait. Trump gave them golf courses. Okay, they love us. We gave them aid. Mm. Oh, uh, while I have you here. Uh, what do you think? What are your odds on the uh, on the election? 
uh, my odds on the election? Oh, I, I think, um, well, I've, uh, I, I think Biden is going to win. Um, but I mean, I, I don't say that with immense confidence. The fact that I don't is not good. Uh, I hope he wins. I uh, hope everybody not only um, supports him, but will actually phone bank for him, considering we've seen what Trump is doing when his back is against the wall. And let's not forget what I still find to be the most immoral thing he's done as his presidency, his backstabbing of the Kurds, which led to the execution of Kurdish politicians, the kidnapping of young girls by uh, Turkish-backed militias, um, the huge displacement of populations, bombing of hospitals, and uh, deadly, deadly campaigns against the Kurdish population locally. And it was something that was done with zero strategic gain and nothing more to please um, uh, Erdogan. And it seemed, in, and I've read John Bolton's book, I never thought I'd say that word out, those sentence out loud. And from what I've read in there, it seemed that Erdogan was able to confuse him by using complex, um, just abbreviations one after the other. And he basically used them enough to make Trump think they're all the same thing to justify it. That's good. Um, yeah, that about that about tracks. Oh, um, and there's another thing. It all this fits. is kind of interesting. Uh, Trump also approved of the Chinese concentration camps full of Uyghur Muslims during the early stages of the well, operation. I've I've mentioned that, but people are are saying like Lamau, you're taking John Bolton at his word. Uh, how how uh, much do you think we can trust the contents of that book? I know right now Legal Eagle has filed a lawsuit um, to uh, uh, to have the. Um, Trump administration defend their censorship of certain portions of it. I doubt the Trump administration would feel a need to censor portions of the book if they weren't, um, if you know, if they were completely untrue. But I don't know how that speaks to the portions my, that were uncensored. My thing is when it talks. I think Trump has openly said that during trade negotiations that he didn't want to talk about the Uyghur Muslim issue because it could hurt the trade negotiations. Mm -hmm. This is something that has happened in late in his term that his kind of concern about. It. And it's not because he has a deep love of the Uyghur population. He wanted a Muslim ban. So is it really that surprising that maybe a year or two after he said ban all Muslims from the United States, when China was saying we're doing this to fight terrorism, he looked at it and says, that's okay. Yeah, it certainly doesn't surprise me. I was just curious for your thoughts on it. Um, yeah, no. It uh, sounds like he's uh, really tough on China. It, it's, it's, it's funny because for reasons that have nothing to do with Trump or his rhetoric, I do think it's important for um, America to posture pretty hard with China. Um, but uh, I, I feel like Trump has done absolutely nothing but like concede to, um, you know, to, to, to the Chinese government in, in so many strategic ways. It, it, it's, it's weird because my thing is like the biggest successes of Trump's um, China policy um, I would say the biggest success that was him was like his Taiwan policy, his arms deals with Taiwan, just generally being pretty decent towards Taiwan. That's cool. Mm -hmm. I hope that's something that continues. But when it comes to freedom of navigation operations, that was started during the Obama administration. Uh, that's something that actually the Obama Biden administration started. Mm -hmm. So I'd actually be quite happy with them continuing those operations when it comes to his Hong Kong policy. I mean, he just kind of carried out what was was already automatically set to happen when it came to the removal of special trading status. Um, I mean, he might have made some noise about it, but as we have seen, he, when it comes to the Uyghur Muslim population, was quite comfortable approving of it early on and not talking about it during trade talks, putting a price tag on each individual in those camps. 
All right. True and fair. Uh, just wanted your perspective on that. Uh, we're coming up near the hour mark. Um, any longer than that, and people probably won't watch. Do you have any um, final points that you'd like to make on Belarus specifically? When it comes to Belarus, uh, it's a country that doesn't get a lot of international attention. It's in the middle of uh, Europe. It's landlocked. It's between uh, what, what many consider the East and the West. It's between, even if it does a lot of geopolitical positioning, it doesn't have an extremely burgeoning tourist industry. Uh, it's actually quite hard to get access to Belarus for many people. So it doesn't get a lot of attention. And I think that um, that has, to some extent, allowed many people to recently learn about Alexander Lukashenko. But Alexander Lukashenko has also been always been referred as to as the last dictator of Europe. I don't know if that classification is necessarily fair when it comes to Viktor Orban and others, but he is certainly extremely brutal. He is somebody who who uh, uh, claims to be this person holding up the Soviet legacy of equality or whatever <clears throat> you want to call it, right. while also throwing out any concerns about a sickness that could kill his people and said the cure was work harder or play ice hockey, um, drink vodka and sauna. He is somebody who, who tortures uh, detainees, detains political, uh, detains protesters, beats protesters, carries around an AK-47 when he's challenged, um, walks away in anger when somebody shows him just light opposition in a crowd, Go, flies helicopters over independent squares, deploys tanks to defend uh, independent square. Uh, somebody who is just generally a gross human being who should have never been near power, who has centralized it, uh, centralized power early in his term and has now ruled for 26 years. And that many of the people on the street know nothing else than Alexander Lukashenko, which makes sense why they it's it's not wrong for them to hope for something better than what they've experienced so far in their life, which is an authoritarian strong man with a silly mustache. Okay. Fair. Yeah. I have two questions. First of all, just um, in case I have to talk about this in the future, there's no element of Belarus that even approaches um, the qualifications for socialism, correct? Um, the economy is not decommodified and is not owned by the working population. Uh, I actually don't, I can be honest, I don't know a lot about the Belarusian economy. I mostly okay. know about geopolitics, but I can say that um, he did do his best to preserve the Soviet legacy. He was actually one of the hardcore extremists. He, um, you know, the coup against uh, Gorbachev during the end of the Soviet Union? Yes. Uh, he was the only Belarusian politician to support it. Huh. Um, yeah, interesting. Um, he, wait, so wait, wait, I, that actually is really interesting. Yeah. Belarusian economy. World's 72nd largest. I'll look into their economy. Um, I'd yeah. be interested in that. Not, mind you, that the Soviet Union approached what I would call socialism. Yes. But, right. Um, um, and, and I will say that, oh, yes? they, that they did avoid something called economic shock therapy, which is probably the thing people point to the most when they're the trying to Soviet give Lukash Lukashenko any credit on his economic policy. Gotcha. Because, so he avoided the um, the collapse of many of the Soviet satellite nations after they were no longer being propped up by the Soviet Union. Basically, in the collapse of the uh, the general economy completely, it was a lot of it was due to subsidized uh, oil and other things. I mean, but whatever but works. Did. Yeah. Yeah. Privatization, state ownership restructuring began the first forty enterprises. Um, let's see. In January 1993, the law, which should have become the basis for wide privatization in Belarus, um, 
Lukashenko outlined his plans for privatization of enterprises. Uh, yeah, okay, sure, fair. Um, has anyone uh, attempted to challenge him to the presidency over a game of hockey? Uh, no, but that would be extremely interesting. Uh, and I, um, I, I would make a great, uh, a great ending. I want like a Rocky type hockey game with Lukashenko, right? It's like when, when the, when the opposition person wins, it like changed Belarus forever. That'd be great. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Uh, please, uh, shout yourself out. Hello, my name is Dylan Burns. I am the foreign foreign policy advisor for Michaela Wilkes and Senator Jill Carter. That's state senator, but I say senator because it sounds cooler. I also worked on the Mike Ravel presidential campaign as the Maryland state director and deputy regional director. I'm doing my own work uh, recently um, uh, with a bunch of different organizations, too many to mention. I'm looking at doing some uh, organizing with, um, I, they want me to help basically organize with our revolution locally in a little bit. I'm going to be doing some stuff with that. Uh, I'm also um, making it easier for young candidates to vote with the city charter amendment, which has, after last week's meeting, has exactly zero opposition and is looking to completely go through easily, uh, which is the thing that actually stopped me from running for office when I uh, one year ago. Fuck so man. I'm, I'm, you should be I'm doing. Thank you, thank you very much. Uh, you can find me when I stream, where I cover foreign policy content and hope debate and host debate with right wingers mostly. I have a long catalog of right wingers. I know you're all lefties out there, but if you ever have an interest in uh, watching lefties and righties go head to head, you can go head over to Dylan Burns TV on Twitch, which is D Y L A N B U R N S TV, and on Twitter it's Dylan Burns seventeen seventy six, which is D Y L A N B U R N S one seven seven. Or you can type exclamation point Dylan in chat. And that'll that pop right up for you. There you go. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. I have a lot of respect for this guy. Please do check out his content. Uh, thank you very much for coming on. I really do appreciate it. I hope to speak with you again soon. We still have to talk about the Afghanistan papers. I know it's a little bit yeah, late, you... but I want people to know. <laughs> what was that? Like four months ago, you asked me to come on for that? I'm sorry. I have you, uh, if you've checked Twitter lately, I'm sure you can understand that I've been quite busy um, with everything. Yeah, I saw there was something about that. Um, I'll I'll just say that uh, I disavow you mm -hmm. and everything you stand for, especially your ponytail. There we go. There we go. Keep safe. Wonderful. You'll be a good politician. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. Uh, I like Dylan.